We want to continue along the theme of what you've been talking about for four weeks, these, uh, these uh, events that Jesus was, um, that were in Jesus' life and ministry, and it comes to this place in Jesus' life and ministry where he commissions people to go. And we're going to talk about that this morning, but I'd like to tell you a bit of a story, first of all, right from the front lines of where the gospel is going today. This happened just recently somewhere in the Middle East, and uh, some of our, our missionaries, and just for those of you who don't know, my wife and I oversee uh, the missions division of the Apostolic Church of Pentecost, which is called Global Harvest and Beyond. And so that's just the work that we do, and we get the privilege of just sending people to the front lines with the gospel. And many young people through COVID were hearing God's call, and we're saying, I'll go, I'll go. Imagine the enemy would love to have used COVID to squelch the gospel. But in the middle of it all, like Brenda and I were in a Zoom call recently with 30 young adults saying, we want to go. We want to go. 30, just like all across the country. And there's four going to Sri Lanka. And there's two that are being redeployed to East Africa. And there's a family that's just getting deployed to this country in the Middle East next month. Just out of the blue, gave up a, a great job in accounting. Little baby, just born into their home. And they've said, we will go. And how could God do this in the middle of COVID? That's what God does, turning evil for good. And so I'd love to tell you a story from the front lines of one of our, our young men. He's, when he first went, he was probably about 23 years old. He's about 26 now. And he told the story of Ahmed. And he was curious about Jesus, and he came across a website where he could order a New Testament in the local language. After reading it, he came to the conclusion that Jesus is the Messiah, and he's worthy of his life. Soon after, he was kicked out of his family. He lost his job and ended up on the streets with no place to go. However, Jesus was faithful, and Ahmed stayed strong. He eventually found a new job, got off the street, and he kept following Jesus. Three years later... One of our missionaries was able to reach out to him using a co the contact information he had entered when he ordered this Bible. They met in a coffee shop in a, in a distant city that they, our missionaries traveled to, and Ahmed shared his story. And the missionary asked him what they could pray for. He said, please pray that I can have other people in my city who follow Jesus. Then we can pray and worship Jesus together. The missionary then asked if he knew anyone that may be interested in Jesus. Ahmed named one friend, and they gave him a Bible to pass on to him. A few days later, Ahmed phoned and said that his friend had a dream the night before, and in that dream, Ahmed had a book for him. So the two met up and started studying the Bible together. Excited, the missionary went and visited Ahmed a few weeks later. However, when Ahmed brought his friend and he shared his stories. The details didn't seem to line up with the story he'd heard. When they asked why, Ahmed responded with, Oh, this is another friend. What? How many are, how many are there? Well, we are five now who are following Jesus and 15 that are now studying the Bible together. together. Many of us have had similar dreams. Ahmed had a church. He's now, it's now grown to 28 seekers, and several have been baptized. You know, 
This is in a country of millions and millions of people, 98% of them from a different faith, and 0.01% Christians. And God is moving. There is a movement of people towards Christ. And God is moving even ahead of people going. But it's so important that people go with the gospel. There's a disciple-making movement happening in this country and in neighboring countries that we view as being incredibly hard and resistant to the gospel. And God is moving by his spirit. But it is so important that the people of God engage with what God, do, what God is doing. Imagine if our, our missionary had not taken up this, uh, the, this responsibility to go and disciple Ahmed. Where would the 28 be today? Where would all these ones who are seeking Jesus be? And so we thank the Lord. He's doing that around the world. But he wants to do that here. And he wants to do that through gateway. And I am convinced of that. And I'm going to share a few scriptures together. And the message we're talking about today is the art of going. Did you know that God has called you to go? He's called you to come. But he's also called you to go. You say, well, I'm not uh, going to go to this country in the Middle East and meet with Ahmed. Well, maybe you are and you just don't know it yet. <laughs> but maybe you aren't. But he still called you to go. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. We're going to look, first of all, at Luke chapter 9, verse 1 to 3, and then in verse 6. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Then verse 6. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. And then we're going to flip over to Luke chapter 10. We're going to read verse 1 to 11 and then 17 and 18. After this, the Lord, Lord appointed 72 others. And I just want to pause there for a moment and I want you to take note of something. In verse 10, or pardon me, in chapter 9, we read how Jesus sends out the 12, remember? Now he sends out the 72. Some versions of that passage of Scripture actually say the 70 were sent out by Jesus. And, you know, I think that there's something fascinating about this word 70. Because, you know, the 12 really represent the 12 tribes of Israel. But what about the 70 or the 72 in this version? What, what about them? Do you know that after the Tower of Babel that... The nations of the earth were scattered. And did you know that these Gentile nations numbered 70? And you know that there's something fascinating. And, and you say, well, you know, that's just numerology. You know, I don't really believe in that stuff. That's, I don't care if you don't believe that. I probably don't either. But the reality is Jesus did say, go and make disciples of all, all nations. So somehow we get fixated maybe on, uh, maybe it's the the Jewish nation because he sent out the 12 or maybe we get fixed, fixated on our nation which isn't really a nation it's a country made up of many nations and there were first nations here before many of us immigrated here from our nations so we're a country made up of many nations but we can get fixated on our nation our ethnic group our language but Jesus loves all nations there's 17,000 nations in the world today 17,000 
So when he sends out the 70, I think there's something really symbolic about this. He says, you know, I love the people of Israel, but I also love all nations. That's just a pause. Coming back to Luke chapter 10, verse 10. After the Lord appointed the 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That just flies in the face of this idea that, oh, there's no one that wants to know Jesus. And Jesus saying, open your eyes, the harvest is plentiful. And he says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And then the key word here, go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. and Do not greet anyone on the road. Verse 5. When you enter a house, first, pay, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace, uh, their versions say a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. But when you enter a town and you are not welcome, go into the streets and say, Even the dust of your town we will wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. When the 72 disciples, this is verse 17, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to Jesus, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Jesus, take your word, plant it like a, uh, a mustard seed in our hearts. I pray, God, that it would just flourish and bear much fruit in our lives. Jesus, I pray we would surrender to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. I have just a few thoughts I want to take from these passages of Scripture. And I think that, uh, you know, they will stand out to you. Maybe you've already in, uh, kind of considered some of these things before, but I'd like to just highlight them to you, and I might just pay a bit more attention to some of them, but follow along with me in the passages of Scripture. The first point I'd like to bring to you today is when we go, we need to go under authority. Go under authority. Luke chapter 9, verse 1, the Bible says that Jesus gave them, what? Power and authority. And then in Luke 10, 19, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. This idea of authority has just really struck me. And I think there's probably about two sides of it. And the first part, I just wanted to kind of uh, take a few moments to consider this morning. Uh, actually, God already has been speaking this word. And we need to come to a place in our walks where we recognize the authority of Jesus in our lives. Many times we, need, we, we attempt to act and work and serve Jesus, but we really don't have his authority in our lives. We're acting independently. And it might just be right here in Prince George. It might just be what we, God calling us around the world. But we need to go uh, and we need to be people who are under authority. But to, in order to be under the authority of Jesus... We 
need to be surrendered. We need to be surrendered. Because when there's an authority in the, in the earthly or the physical realm, we need to be uh, surrendered and submitted to that authority if we're going to if we're going to uh, avoid the consequences of disobeying or not being under their authority, not surrendering. And I, I don't know what it's been like for you in your life, but there's been the odd time I've had a speeding ticket. Not very often, of course. <laughs> don't talk to my wife. But uh, I don't know what it's like for you, but you're driving along and all of a sudden you see these lights behind you. It's got to be someone else. And so you slow down and then they slow down. And no, this is not a good sign. And then all you pull over, I'll just pull over so they can pass. And then all of a sudden they pull over behind you go. You know, that act is actually an act of submission to say, okay, whatever, I'll take my speeding ticket, I'll go pay it. And, you know, begrudgingly, you, you go and you pay your ticket, but you're submitting to that authority. And I think for many of us here today, that uh, aspect of God wanting to use you and your desire to be used of God is being blocked because of your unwillingness to surrender. And you can't go under the authority of Jesus. You can't live under the authority of Jesus. And you can't experience the freedom we've been singing about today because you haven't surrendered. Are you a surrendered person today? Can you honestly say in your heart, I'm surrendered to Jesus? You might say, I go to church. I've been faithful to read the Bible. You know, I'm hanging out with good people. I'm doing all the right things. But Jesus is asking you today, are you surrendered that place where you just let your heart be broken in front of Jesus and you say Jesus have your will have your way it's all about you Jesus and so I would ask you today are you surrendered and so I was uh, at home just about two weeks ago and I had a, uh, a dream and uh, this does not happen with me often while well, I have lots of nightmares but that's usually the melatonin that I'm trying to get to sleep with. No, it it's really doesn't happen to me that often. But I had this dream, and it just kept coming back to me, coming back to me. And I just felt like, it, like, like God wanted me to share it here this morning. And it was this, I had this picture of a big tree. And in Africa, we have these trees called baobabs. And baobab trees are massive trees. Their trunks are huge, and often they're hollow. But in my dream, I saw this tree. I don't know what kind of tree it was, but it was hollow. And there was kind of this entrance to the side of it that you could get right down into this tree and, and look up inside of it, and it was hollow. But the whole inside of this tree was black. It was actually all burnt and crusty, and it was all dirty. And... Uh, you were there. We were there. And we had a mop and we were trying to clean the inside and that mop just kept coming out dirty and every time we'd rinse it off and mop again, it was just coming out dirty. And uh, it just, it came to a point where we felt like giving up. And Jesus just said, let me, let me. And he came and he just cleaned us up on the inside and we began to flourish because we flourished with freedom. And everything inside that's been bothering you, that's been weighing you down, that's been crushing you, that's been holding you back, Jesus just wants to come in there and clean it out. And it begins with saying, I surrender, Jesus. 
I surrender. We need to go under authority. God's authority in our lives. That's where freedom comes. Freedom to minister. Pre- freedom to love. Pre- freedom to function with, uh, with joy and with um, effectiveness and, and be able to do the job God's called us to do. Be parents that God's called us to be. Mothers and, and to be the, the uh, people and the agents of God that he wants to send into his communities. We can't go anywhere unless we're under his authority. Just surrendered. Number two, not only go under authority, we need to go as a community. I just felt like this was a word for you as a church at Gateway, that God wants you to be a community, a missional community that goes. Luke 10 verse 1 says that Jesus sent them out two by two. That idea of going two by two really speaks to the fact that Jesus valued the the work of becoming agents of the gospel and agents of blessing in the community and really being missionaries, it's teamwork. It's teamwork. And Jesus needs all of us to go. Not one here and one there, but two by two, every single one of us need to be God's missional community, going together. This is the mandate God has for you as a church. The church is called to gather but the church is also called to scatter. You see, if we just keep all the good that Jesus is doing in our lives here, we've missed out on why he's blessed us, why he's brought freedom to us. We've missed out. In order for us to go, we need to be empowered by his spirit, but then we need to scatter. We need to see that when we leave this place, that's when the excitement begins. And God really wants to send you out two by two. He wants to send you out as a church. He wants to scatter you right in your own homes, right in your own neighborhoods, right where you work. He has called you to go. But you can't do it alone. It's not a lone ranger initiative. This is what God's called you to at Gateway. To gather, to be built up, so that you're scattered and powered by the Holy Spirit. It's been said that the mark of a great church is not its seating capacity but it's sending capacity. Can I challenge you to be people who go as agents of blessing from this place? You come, you get pumped up, but then you go with the gospel. You say, well, you know, that's for the the people who go and meet with the Ahmeds. No, it's for every one of us. He's called us all to be disciples. All of us. God wants to send us out as a missional community. Believers who do mission together. This is the church's mission. You know, sometimes we limit how much we believe that God can do through us as a church. But God has been using you as a church even throughout COVID and prior to it. And I believe in increasing measure, God is going to use you, church, use you as a church to multiply in many nations. And these stories about Ahmed, you're going to start hearing these stories from people that you have sent across the world and that you've sent into your community in Prince George. You're going to hear about multiplication. I've heard that, <clears throat> uh, uh, that sometimes the best multiplication haps- happens through subtraction. You're saying, what does that mean? Well, sometimes it's actually subtracting people from engaging 
exclusively in the work of the ministry in these four walls and taking that out there and multiplying. That's how multiplication can happen. You know, Jesus didn't say, bring people and make disciples of all nations. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. So God wants to gather you, bring healing and freedom, and empower you with, your, with his Holy Spirit. And then he wants to send you out. That's what God's call on every one of our lives is. The biggest lie for the church and, and the days that we live is that it's only for some. And the rest of us are meant to just sit here and bask in God's glory. Friends, take God's glory out there. Take God's glory out there. Amen? Third, go into the community. Luke 10, verse 1 says, Every town and place where he was about to go is where he sent them. Then in verse 5, he says, When you enter a house... And then verse 7, he says, stay there eating and drinking. You know, the fascinating thing about this is the places that Jesus sent them was, they, it was not the synagogue that he sent them to. He sent them to people's homes and into the social networks that were woven into society and that the people were woven into. I am convinced God has strategically placed you in all sorts of places in society in Prince George where he has uh, called you to be a missionary. And it's not just in the church that he's called you to minister. It's also out there in those social networks. Maybe you belong to a book club. Maybe you're a soccer mom. Maybe you're involved in uh, the political arena of your city or the school system of your city. Maybe you have a neighbor who's really open to you. And really warm. God has called you to go to those places. That's the place he's called you to go to. And I ask you today, are you willing to take the kingdom of God from here? And the glory of God from here. And take it with you into the community. And see that this is the climax of what he's empowered you for. What he set you free for is to become his agent in your community, in the social fabric of your community. You see, sometimes we ask the social fabric of the community to come and interweave with us. But really, he's asking us to recognize that we are already woven into the social network of our community, of our city. And we need to take the gospel there with us. We need to engage in those relationships. I want to mention this one more time. I'm not going to mention it again, but I talked about the 17,000 people groups or ethnic groups or nations of the world that we live in today. There's approximately 7,000 of them that are unreached. I know I've said this before here, so you're probably saying, oh, here he goes again. But these nations are unreached. Many of them have no gospel witness, no church, no missionary, none. They represent about 2 billion people in the world today that don't have a church that's capable of growing. They don't have gospel witness. They don't have a missionary. Somehow, when Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, We've missed the fact that that is our mission. And God wants to use Gateway to reach unreached nations. Whether God brings them here or whether you send people there. 
whether it's in our community or across the world. God has called you to reach unreached places, taking, to, taking the church to where the church isn't and taking the gospel to where the gospel isn't. We have a passion to see the, the name of Jesus lifted up right here and the church just elevated to a place where it is healthy and prosperous and vi- uh, there's vitality in the church. But I also have a passion to see the church go to where the church isn't. And the gospel to go where the gospel isn't. The dark places of the world. Is God calling you to go to a place like that? Would you dare do that? Some of you young men, you're looking for adventure. You're looking for challenge. I want to challenge you. Would you be one of those who would go to the forefront where no one else will go? Be the tip of the spear to take the gospel to some of these dark places. Are you willing? Some of you young ladies have already said yes. But maybe there's young ladies who are still hearing that in their lives. I encourage you to let the Holy Spirit stir that up in your heart. Go simply. Luke 10 verse 4. Do not take purse or bag or sandals. Friends, the gospel is not complicated. You say, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Well, if you can sit down in someone's home, have dinner, have a drink with them. And don't gloss over the gospel. But just tell them about what Jesus has done in your life. Actually, open your mouth and be bold enough to say, can I pray for you when they talk about the challenges that they're facing? That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And so, friends, Jesus wasn't telling his disciples, you've got to have this fantastic strategy. It's really complicated, and you need to come and learn from me for years and years and years, and then I'll maybe give you a chance to go out and and do, do something. Absolutely not. He said, just don't take anything with you. Just go hang out with people in their homes, and the kingdom of God will go with you. The kingdom of God will go with you. Sometimes we say, Jesus, I just need some things that are messed up in my life to be sorted out first. And I just need you to just, you know, teach me first. And then I can take that. And and Jesus is saying, no, go now. Go now. You are strategically placed now. In fact, you might be able to share the gospel better in a language that people understand better than if you get so immersed and, and separated from your social network. Learning a whole lot of biblical terms that they've never heard before. And then going back and trying to share the gospel with them and them just being confused. Maybe your lack of understanding. And maybe your your lack of feeling able is the exact thing that Jesus wants to use in you. And maybe those friends feel so connected to you still right now. That this is the moment that you need to seize. Don't wait until you feel more able and you've got all the resources and everything in order. It's now. Now is the day of salvation, the word of God says. Number five, go where those are in need. It says, if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. I'm simply going to say this about the, the person of peace. There are people in your social networks who are open to Jesus. And they will open further social networks to you. They're called people of peace. And God's called you to take the peace of Jesus and become peacemakers in your community. Speaking peace 
bringing peace into a world that's in turmoil. And there's people who are waiting already. They are people of peace that will open doors to you. Find those people. Maybe not everyone's open, not everyone's seeking, but there are people who are seeking and hungry. They are people of peace. We need to go to them, just like this Ahmed that was in the Middle East. Number six, go and bring healing. Luke 9, 6 says, Go proclaiming the good news and heal. They went proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. And then Luke 10, verse 9, we read, Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Friends, today I want to say to you that when you go, you bring the kingdom of God with you. His disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, when is the kingdom coming? Where, where is the kingdom? And most definitely Jesus taught about a future kingdom that would come, the kingdom of heaven. But he also taught that when Jesus is in us, the kingdom of God goes with us. But he is in us through his rule and his reign. We must be surrendered. As he rules and reigns with us, we take his kingdom with us. We take his kingdom with us. The world is in need of a king. They need Jesus. I'm going to hop down to my last point. Number seven, go and overcome evil. Luke 10 verse 3 said, uh, says, Jesus said to his disciples, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. You can just imagine the battle of sheep among wolves. In Luke 10, verse 18 and 19, Jesus says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. One of the things that I've been learning lately is that whenever we surrender to Jesus, we enter a battle. You know, the enemy is not so concerned with those who were not surrendered to him not willing to answer his call. You're going to be into a, a series starting next week on God's call on your life and the calling that he has for you. And I encourage you to come and really pay attention. But if you're willing to surrender to what's, what God has called you to, you're signing up for battle. I hate to say that, but you're signing up for battle. But, you know, there's something really powerful about the battle. The battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. It's his battle. And friends, when you're not surrendered, you don't have that advantage. You're fighting those battles yourself. You're trying to clean yourself up on your own. You're trying to do good on your own. You're trying to be a mom and dad on your own or whatever the case may be. But when you're surrendered to Jesus, his authority and his power rests on you. You will encounter spiritual battle. I don't have time to talk a lot about this this morning. I'm sure lots of you know lots about spiritual warfare. I'm not going to overemphasize this today, but I am convinced that as soon as a person says yes to Jesus, it's like within a very short period of time, you will encounter a challenge that the enemy would want to use to discourage you so that you go back on your word. Maybe today you've said yes to Jesus. I will even go to the Ahmeds of the world. You said, yes, I will go. Or yes, into my community. 
And as soon as you say that, you will encounter spiritual battle. But Jesus has some promises for you. He has given you authority. You don't go in your own power. You don't go in your authority. You go in the power and the authority of Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit living in you. You can go and take territory for Jesus. That's what he said to Joshua. Every place that your foot treads, I have given it to you. Do not fear evil. You know, in Psalm 23, this has just kind of become a message. I've been speaking to people, especially young people lately. In Psalm 23, we read a lot about how the Lord is our shepherd. And we go through that passage. It's so comforting. But then it comes to the point where, it's, where it says, um, fear no evil. You see, as sheep among wolves, there will be evil. There will be evil around you. But the word of God says to you today is, fear no evil. He does not want you to be encumbered and chained by fear. I feel that some of us, through the last year and a half, fear has swept through our nation of all sorts of types, all sorts of situations. And Jesus is saying to us, fear no evil. Go boldly where no one will go. Where no one's bold enough to go. And the word of the Lord, I'm just going to read this last passage of scripture. The word of the Lord to you today is Romans 8, verse 38 and 39. As you go from this place today, under the anointing and the authority of Jesus, this is God's word to you. Know in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The band's going to come forward and I'd like us to just close this morning with a moment for us to respond to what the Holy Spirit has been saying to us from the get-go this morning. And... You know, we've talked about this idea of going and becoming a, a people who go with the good news of Jesus, taking the kingdom of God outside these four walls. But I'm convinced that there's some of us that we need to begin with surrendering, like we heard this morning. And, you know, I gave that picture of this tree. And I don't know if that picture was just um, for a few of you here or, or someone else. But that, that picture I had, I feel like there's some of us that have come to this place and we have carried with us things that are holding us back from stepping into freedom. You know that you're here and you're not free. You know that you're here and you're not surrendered. And this is your chance to find freedom in Jesus. We're going to sing the last song that was sung earlier to, uh, this morning. And I'd like you to stand with me and take just the next few minutes to allow the Holy Spirit just to step into that big cavity of our hearts and to reach up and just to bring his cleansing oil to bring clean uh, cleansing to all that garbage that's just weighing us down and holding us back from flourishing we're stunted in our growth 
we're stunted in what his calling in our lives are or his calling in our lives is because we've been trying to clean ourselves up on our own and some of us have just come with chains and and things that are holding us back and we're saying I am really tired of feeling like I'm hitting my head against a brick wall and I just want to be free today and this is your opportunity to say Jesus I'm going to stop trying to clean myself up and clean up the mess Jesus reach in clean me up Jesus I surrender Jesus set me free to serve you set me free to serve you Let's sing together, and then I'm going to close in prayer. as we come to a bit of a close here tonight or this this afternoon that there's some of us that Jesus is actually asking us to respond and you're saying wait a minute he's asking me to surrender yeah he's asking you to surrender and he's not asking you just to do it silently in your heart but he's asking you 
to respond. The Holy Spirit has given me part of an interpretation into the vision or into the dream. And part of it is we are trees of righteousness. And during this past season, we have walked through the fire. We have been through spiritual fires and God has been burning up in our lives those things that are not of him. The Bible says that we are to build in our lives the precious stones of the word of God and the gold of Christ. But the wood, the hay, and the stubble that we have built are not from God. And so he has been burning those things in our lives. And that fire has brought ashes and has brought the soot into the tree, the hollow tree. Those fires have left our soul hollow because we've not understood. And um, God wants to cleanse that soot. He wants to wash that soot away by his blood and by the washing of the water of his word. And so, Father, we ask even right now, Lord, we bring ourselves to you. And we ask you to cleanse the soot from our souls, from our, the hollowness that's come within us because of the fire that we have been through. So, Father, I also pray into these areas, Father, that you would bring forth now the spark of your spirit, the spark of your word, O oh God, that would bring forth resurrection life, that you would bring us into who we are in Jesus Christ, your son, that Jesus Christ in us, Lord, would begin to grow and the flame and the fire and the passion of Christ would come alive within us, that it would spark into flame, and that we would come alive in Jesus. Amen. Amen. It was soot. In my dream, it was soot. Well, just like a chimney. Some of you felt burned. People have burned you. Situations have burned you. In fact, it's made you bitter. Some of that soot is unforgiveness. Some of that soot is hatred. Maybe you don't forgive yourself. You self-loathe. I don't know what it is that's been burning you up. But Jesus just wants to come and clean you up and bring healing. As we sing this, there'll be people at the front to pray with you. If you want to pray by yourself, come. Just respond to Jesus and say, Jesus, I surrender. Let's sing.
freedom, Jesus. Some of you might need to go, but I don't want you to leave. And Jesus doesn't want you to leave. Until you experienced the freedom he's talking about, that we're singing about. Until you experienced his kingship and his rule and his reign in your life. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. His kingship in your life. And he's just saying to you, let go. Let go. Let that be for you this morning. I'm going to just close in prayer. Maybe you're in your seat and you have a need for prayer. Afterwards, there'll be people here who can pray with you. But right now, even where you're at, lift your heart to heaven. If you feel like lifting your hands to heaven as a sign of surrender to Jesus, do that. If today you've heard about the need to go and you're saying, yeah, I think God's telling me. I am called to go into my community or go across the world like Caitlin brave and bold to go where no one else wants to go. You're willing to say, I'll go. No one else will go. I'll go. Surrender today. Just as a sign of surrender, lift your hands or just lift your heart to Jesus and say, Jesus, I will. Have your way. Have your will. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your presence, your power, the oil of your Holy Spirit that's being poured out to anoint you, to bring healing. And Jesus, we just pray against the fires that have burnt and destroyed and, and, and left damage within our hearts. And we pray in the name of Jesus that there would be a, a healing oil to bring soothing to that, those things, those deepest and darkest things in our lives that are holding us back. And Lord, we just pray for your freedom to be released in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. That we would walk from this place feeling set free. Not temporary freedom, Jesus, but full freedom in you. And Jesus, we ask for this church to become like a force to be reckoned with in the community. As they step out into the community, Satan would fall like lightning from heaven. And the demons would obey as the kingdom of God reaches the people of the city in Jesus name I pray God for your authority and your power to rest on this church I pray for your Holy Spirit to empower 
the people of this church to become missionaries in their community, to be people who are scattered, showing the love of Christ beyond these four walls, and then bringing people to find healing and gathering with the people of God to find restoration and freedom in you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for your anointing on this church and what great things you have in store for this church. Thank you, Lord, that Pastor Greg and Carl are leading this church with vision. They don't feel defeated. They feel victorious. They're believing for great things. They see in the spirit realm what you've called this church to and it's destiny in you, Lord. And we just speak life to the destiny of this church that it wouldn't be hindered by its past. It wouldn't be hindered by its present. It would be fully released into its destiny in Jesus' name. We pray it would be a church that multiplies in the name of Jesus. Lord, not just addition, but multiplication. God, I pray that there would be many people groups around the world where the gospel reaches because this church has been obedient to surrender to your will and your way. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the humility that rests on this church. Thank you for your mercy and grace that rests on this church. Lord, may this church be an agent of mercy and grace that people would see this as a place they can rush to and run to to find healing, to find grace, not condemnation, but grace. And that's word. that's the word of the Lord for you today. God does not condemn you. God does not look down on you and judge you with anger and hate. But in fact, he looks down at you with tears streaming down his eyes, out of his eyes, down his cheeks and saying, I love you. My mercy is sufficient for everything you've done, everything you're experiencing. My mercy is greater. My grace is greater. Let him pour that oil out in Jesus' name.